0: A lot of people think that in order to become a teacher, you have to get an undergraduate degree in education. You do not.
1: This is Ju Gray. She's a teacher in in Texas, and this is from one of her vlogs on YouTube.
0: I'm excited to do this video because so many people have been asking me about this. My process and how I became a teacher. I went through an alternative program route.
1: As an undergrad, she studied English at the University of New Orleans. She wanted to be a writer, still does but she struggled to find work right out of college and needed some stability. She saw teaching as a way to have that for a little while. She made that video in 2018, three years ago. It has more than 40,000 views now.
0: In Texas, there are so many alternative programs. And the alternative program that I went through is Texas Teachers. I applied
1: on Texas, Texas my- Teachers of Tomorrow started as A-plus Texas right. Teachers in 2002. It became Texas Teachers of Tomorrow in 2005. Since then, at least 48,000 people have enrolled in their online for-profit program. And today, it's the single largest teacher training program in the state of Texas by enrollment. And now, they're reaching beyond Texas. From APM Reports, this is Educate. I'm Alex Baumhart. In this podcast series, we've been talking about how the teacher workforce has been changing over the last few decades, mostly as a response to persistent teacher shortages. Beginning in the early 80s, several states began to open up the pathways to becoming a teacher if you already had a bachelor's degree in something else. You didn't need to go back to college to get trained in teaching. Policymakers hoped this would solve teacher shortages, get more people into the profession. But it's also opened up a whole new business model in educator preparation that's growing fast. This is Episode 2, The Rise of the For-Profit Teacher Training Industry. Texas Teachers of Tomorrow has become Teachers of Tomorrow and expanded into eight other states. In recent years, it's become the largest teacher training program by enrollment in the United States, bigger than any education program at any college or university, far bigger than nonprofit organizations like Teach for America. It's one of a growing number of companies founded in recent years whose business model is to train people quickly and get them into a classroom and make a profit doing it. We wanted to know more about the kind of training the for-profits offer and whether they've been a good thing or a bad thing for schools and for students. We were especially curious about the biggest one, the one that makes the others look tiny, Texas Teachers of Tomorrow. When Ju Gray finished the Texas Teachers of Tomorrow program and started looking for work, there were a lot of job openings. Overall, Texas schools lose about 30,000 teachers every year. That means more than 10% of their teacher workforce either leaves their school or exits the profession entirely each year. I talked with Gray about finding her first teaching job.
0: I applied to two schools that were literally five minutes from where I was living, and they called me instantly, and I got hired. I got, I think it was like about a week, a week process. I applied, I got the interview, and then the same week I got hired. So it was very fast.
1: She'd moved to Houston on a whim, she says, and she wanted to get started teaching fast.
0: This has been a crazy ride. <laughs>
1: if Texas teachers hadn't been there, there hadn't been an option to do it at a fast pace on your own. Do you think you would have gone back to college for a degree in, in education?
0: No, I would not have. I would not.
1: <laughs> so you might not even have tried teaching?
0: Nope. If th- it was not this accessible and easy, I would not have done it. I wouldn't have.
1: Texas Teachers of Tomorrow was really accessible. She completed the required 150 hours of coursework online in a month and a half.
0: What I always tell people is that it is literally on your pace. So if you want to stay up all night like I did, you can.
1: To get into the program, you have to submit your transcripts from undergrad, showing you kept at least a 2.5 GPA. You apply online and pay $295 to get started. Once you've got your account set up, you can get started on that 150 hours of online classes. The courses are made up of videos and discussion boards and slide presentations. There's no live teaching, so you can do it whenever, like you Gray did. On top of that, you have to do 30 hours of field-based experience, which means watching a teacher do their work in the classroom. You can do that in a real classroom, but you don't have to.
0: I did it online, so I did maybe like a half day in person, and then the rest I did online. I was fortunate to do them online.
1: Once you completed these parts of the program, you can get a teaching job. You start leading a classroom right away. This first year of teaching is called your intern year, and you're officially still on probation, but you're fully in charge of the classroom. A coach from Texas Teachers comes at least five times throughout the year to observe and give feedback. That 30 hours of field-based experience is less than you would be required to do if you went to the University of Texas at Austin and got a traditional education degree. Students at the university co-teach for a full semester under the guidance of a veteran teacher and complete 45 hours of in-class observation and internships before graduating.
2: If we set the standard in our College of Ed that our students would have 30 hours of pre-service experience, we shouldn't be here.
1: That's Charles Martinez. He's the dean at the College of Education at UT Austin.
2: And that's just an experience requirement. It says nothing about the kind of experience, whether you need to be observed, whether you're supposed to get feedback. Those are not required by certification, just that you did it.
1: During that intern year, Texas Teachers of Tomorrow students also have to complete 120 more hours of online classes and projects and take state certification and content area tests if they're going to teach specific subjects. And it's during that year when Texas Teachers of Tomorrow makes its real money. They'll take $4,300 total of that first year's wages, bit by bit, through paychecks, over a 10-month period. Graduates in the end pay only those costs. The upfront registration cost of $295, the $4,300 in the first year, and any testing and certification fees from the state. This is a fraction of what it would cost to go to a university and get a bachelor's or master's degree in education. A university program could take years at tens of thousands of dollars a year. Ju Gray said the coursework was challenging, but it was that intern year that was toughest. She says it was one of the most difficult years of her teaching career.
0: Oh my God, horrible. I hated it, honestly. <laughs> if I'm being very transparent, I hated it. I love my students. I've always been um, a person who believes my top priority is the kids. And so... My connection with the students were great. However, the environment was not.
1: She says she didn't feel like she had enough support from administrators or in the classroom. She also felt overwhelmed by all the paperwork and record-keeping required and all the meetings before, after, and between classes. But she went to teach at a high school the next year, and she loved it. She's sort of fallen in love with teaching, and she seems to be good at it. She says even at the end of this last coronavirus year, her students scored among the highest in her school on the state's standardized test called STAR.
0: And now that I have that skill and I've, you know, in a sense polished it and I've got some experience, I want to see where I can bring this skill, you know, to the next level somewhere
1: else. By the end of this last year, teaching remotely under coronavirus, she decided to take a different job. She's working in her same school district, but as an instructional specialist. Part of that job is working with teachers on areas they struggle with, and helping to improve their instruction. She won't be in the classroom anymore, so her district will have to find someone to replace her. Jew Gray says the Texas Teachers of Tomorrow program did prepare her in many ways.
0: The program trained me in a sense of, I guess, behind the scenes. But I don't think anything will actually prepare you for the classroom except for maybe substitute teaching. Like getting that hands-on experience, that face-to-face in-person experience. You know, every classroom is different. So I don't think any training necessarily prepares you for that. It's hands-on.
1: Texas Teachers of Tomorrow was founded with people like Jew Gray in mind. A politically connected businessman named Vernon Reeser started the company as A-Plus Texas Teachers with teacher Kathy Schreiber-Clark. In the early 2000s, Reeser had been working with school districts and lobbying at the Texas Capitol around issues related to teacher pay and school conditions. He was well aware of the teacher shortages in the state, and he had an idea for a business. Make it easier for people to switch their career to teaching. Find a way for people to become teachers without having to go back to college to get a teaching degree. Here's Reeser in a video on YouTube. So we have a broader base of people, age ranges, backgrounds,
3: diversity, geographic location. And these folks are, most of them, it's their
1: second career. Reeser's a man of many hats. Besides running Teachers of Tomorrow, he's been a member of the Texas Association of Realtors and the Independent Cattlemen's Association. He ran for the Texas House in 1998 as a Democrat and lost. But he's been a fairly large donor to Republican governors Rick Perry and Greg Abbott. He's donated more than $170,000 to each of their campaigns over the years. Perry appointed research to the Texas State Board of Regents in 2013. We opened up Texas Teachers, and my partner Kathy and I started for nothing, and,
3: and now 15 years later, we're the largest provider of teachers in the state of Texas with over 50% of all the teacher production in the industry.
1: Texas has a lot of alternative teacher training programs, everything from the for-profits to the non-profits to the teacher residency programs to programs run by school districts themselves. If you look at all the people who go through those alternative programs, at least half come through research program.
3: We really essentially invented this modern,
1: streamlined certification process. It's a business that would not have been allowed 20 years ago. What set the stage for companies like these was policymakers trying to find ways to create more teachers. Turning up the hose, filling the leaky bucket. Back in the 1980s, reports started coming out about how there wouldn't be enough teachers to support the growing student population in the United States. Eight states decided to open up their rules about who could train teachers. They allowed school districts and colleges and nonprofits to create alternative training pathways. People wouldn't have to get a traditional education degree. They could get their practical experience on the job while they took some mandatory courses and tests throughout the school year. Some colleges and districts teamed up to offer residency programs that let people earn a master's in education while they taught. By 2010, 48 states and Washington, D.C. had some type of alternative route to teacher education and certification. And they were creating thousands more teachers than before. But only one state allowed for-profit teacher training companies unaffiliated with any institution of higher education, to operate. And that was Texas.
4: I personally argued against that. This is Ed
1: Fuller. He's now a professor of education at Penn State. But back in the early 2000s, he was director of research at the Texas State Board for Educator Certification. When the state government was considering allowing for-profit companies in Texas to enter the teacher training realm, he pushed back
4: said we already have the least qualified, least prepared teachers um, assigned to teach the students who need the most prepared and most qualified teachers. And it was just going to exacerbate the achievement gap um, that already existed in Texas.
1: The reason Fuller believed this would happen is that teacher turnover was already highest at high-poverty schools that mostly served students of color. Those schools had the most open positions to fill every year, and they were often forced to hire a disproportionate number of teachers who had not done a lot of training. And that was a problem, because one of the greatest indicators of whether or not a new teacher will stick around for very long is how much pre-service training they've had, especially how many hours they've spent student teaching before heading up a classroom of their own. And now the state was going to allow businesses into the alternative teacher training realm.
4: So I called into question whether, you know, the the way they had set up alternative certification was going to help students or harm students. And in my estimation, uh, it it appeared to me that it was the the system that they created was problematic, um, particularly for those students, students living in poverty and students of color.
1: Ed Fuller warned the Texas legislature that adding for-profit certification companies to the already large number of alternative certification programs would create more teachers, but not necessarily solve the teacher shortage problem, because people coming through these pathways didn't tend to stay as long as people coming through those colleges of education. He also warned that the for-profits would grow fast and be hard to regulate.
4: The really scary thing about that is is so... The entire Texas education system then relies on one teacher preparation program, right? And, and you better hope that it's really good.
1: In spite of Ed Fuller's warnings, in 2002, the state gave for-profit teacher training companies permission to operate. Shortly afterwards, A-plus Texas teachers set up shop. And then it set about growing. Uh, Mr. Dave Sabah from Teachers for Tomorrow. You are uh, recognized. Dave Seba became the chief development officer at the company in 2016 and immediately got to work expanding into other states. Here's Seba in September of 2019 making a pitch to the Oklahoma legislature.
5: So I reached out to Representative Lepac last year during the session because I had seen so many articles about the emergency certification problem here in Oklahoma, and I just felt like there was something we could do. And I'm Dave Saba. I'm the chief development officer at Teachers of Tomorrow. My job is to go out and meet with states and see if we have a solution that might meet their
1: needs. In 2015, Texas Teachers of Tomorrow got financial backing from a private capital firm called Gage Capital. When Saba came on in 2016, they started expanding. Successfully lobbying politicians in eight other states to allow private, for-profit teacher training companies like his. Most of these states have issues with chronic teacher shortages.
5: Philosophically, you know, we were just 100% focused on Texas and now we have this national focus. And so creating a national brand from a Texas brand uh, was, you know, a huge shift in in 2016.
1: Which is what brought SEBA to Oklahoma. As we mentioned earlier in the hour, Teacher shortages are particularly bad there. Seba says he and Reeser knew they could replicate the Texas teachers model in other states that needed teachers. After all, they'd already recruited and trained tens of thousands of new teachers in Texas.
5: And we've been very successful at that. You know, we have, you know, we went into Alabama because they called us and they said, we need help. You know, can you come help us recruit more teachers? And so we're in Alabama right now.
1: Once they're in a state, they invest in large-scale advertising and recruitment.
5: So it's this constant, you know, marketing as well as coaching to get all those people into teaching, get the right people into teaching, and then matching them with the districts. And that has just driven our steady growth.
1: They become Michigan Teachers of Tomorrow, and Nevada Teachers of Tomorrow, and North Carolina Teachers of Tomorrow. Most of these states they've expanded into in just the last four years.
5: We were able to open up that funnel, find everybody that's even remotely interested in teaching. And then even if you decide you don't want to teach this, this year, we're going to keep talking to you next year and the year after that and the year after that until it's right for you in your life to become a
1: teacher. One thing he has to pitch to states as well is that he won't compromise their overall teacher quality.
5: I usually I, I just whittle away those arguments, you know, it, the arguments have always been, you know, these aren't quality teachers. They're not going to stay in there. Um, there was a large study done by the University of Texas, which looked at over 300,000 reading scores, 200,000 math scores, basically found that there was no difference in. Statistically, what they really said was, "There's so much variation within programs, you can't tell variation between programs." And I'm totally upfront with that. But it, you know, the marketing side of that says, "Look, there's no difference in their teachers from a student achievements perspective than my teachers."
1: I wanted to have a look at the study Dave Sabo was citing, and I had some other numbers questions too. So I enlisted the help of my colleague Will Craft. He's a data reporter, and we spent months digging into a bunch of questions. We wanted to know how big Texas Teachers of Tomorrow has become, how many schools their teachers were in. We wanted to know whether or not the program was effective. And we wanted to know how the teachers that come out of it compare to the teachers who go through the university programs. We looked at the 120-plus programs that train teachers in Texas. Some nonprofit, some for-profit, some at colleges and universities. Will and I filed data requests and crunched numbers. Texas Teachers is huge, and they
3: are everywhere. Urban schools, rural schools, suburban schools. Everyone has teachers who have graduated from the program. We got hiring data from the
1: state for just one year, so the 2017-18 school year. And what we found was that Texas Teachers made up 27% of all the newly hired teachers in the state that year.
3: They are producing a massive number of teachers, literally five times larger than the second largest teacher preparation program in the state.
1: When Texas allowed for-profit teacher training, a whole bunch of new companies popped up, like iTeachTexas and TeacherBuilder.com and web Alternative Certification Program, or WCACP for short. Most are entirely or almost entirely online iTeach was also one of the first in Texas and is now in five other states plus D.C. We were curious about that study that Dave Sabah talked about, the one
3: from the University of Texas. They looked at all those reading and math scores and found graduates of Texas Teachers of Tomorrow weren't much better or worse than any others. We wanted to know more about it, so we talked to one of the researchers behind it. Her name is Jane Linkove. I'm an associate professor of public policy at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. But back in 2010, she was working with a few researchers at the University of Texas. They wanted to know how much teacher quality varied across all those teacher preparation programs in the state. She and her team looked at standardized test scores of students in Texas and tried to see if there was a connection between test scores and how the teacher was trained.
0: Mostly what we found was that there were not distinct differences in student test scores based on the type of teacher prep program that the teacher went to.
3: They found so much variation among all 120 programs, they couldn't say that all the for-profit online programs were really much better or much worse than the traditional university programs when it
1: comes to teacher quality. Michael Martyr has also spent time with this question. He's a physics professor at UT Austin, and he runs a program called UTeach There. They steer STEM majors into teaching tracks. In his study, Martyr looked at different standardized tests than Linkov did. He looked at ninth graders' Algebra one and Biology scores, and whether they were taught by people who'd come through universities or through any other alternative certification program. If I
6: compare not individual programs, but certification pathways, standard university preparation, as opposed to alternative certification— there is a difference.
3: A small difference, but it was there. He says the students showed more progress on their math scores when they were taught by university-trained teachers. On average, they gained one to two months more learning over the course of a year than students whose teachers came in on any other pathway. And there was another thing Martyr found. Linco found it too, and so have loads of other researchers. When they look at the impacts of teacher training programs on schools, they find some programs
1: produce people who will stay with teaching longer. And that's good, because losing a bunch of teachers after year one or year two or year three is expensive for schools. They end up investing in training teachers who leave, and they have to spend more money on recruitment. It's bad for the overall school climate to have so much inconsistency, and it's bad for kids who end up with a lot of brand new teachers during their K-12 education. Ideally, all kids have the opportunity to be taught by people who have been doing it for a little while. Research shows most teachers get better over time, especially in those first five years.
2: It's been found in many places. Teaching experience matters.
1: This is economist Jonah Rakov from Columbia University. He's studied teacher quality and the impacts of teacher effectiveness.
2: Rookie teachers are just much less effective on average than teachers who've been practicing for four, five, six years.
1: So it's important for schools to try to hang on to their teachers. We
3: looked at several years of data in Texas and found teachers who come from alternative training programs have a worse retention rate than teachers with traditional college degrees in education. About 12% of the traditional college-trained teachers in Texas quit by the end of their second year on the job. About 21% of the teachers who trained in alternative programs quit by the end of their
1: second year on the job. Some of this could be because when you lower the barriers to entry, it's easier to get out if you don't like it. If you have to pay off a university teaching degree, you may stick with the job longer. But Texas is drawing on more and more teachers who don't come from university education programs. Today, more than a third of all teachers in Texas come through alternative certification programs. In the 2017-2018 school year, more than a quarter of all
3: new teachers in Texas came through this single for-profit company, Texas
1: Teachers of Tomorrow. School administrators told us it's a relief to have this source of teachers. But they wish they didn't have so many openings to begin with. Will and I talked with Javier Villarreal. He's chief hiring officer in the Aldean Independent School District in North Houston. He's in charge of staffing 82 schools.
6: We compete with Houston ISD, which is right next door, and then other surrounding school districts. And there's just a number of them. And so because it's so competitive, it's becoming more and more difficult every year. He says all of the new programs,
3: like Texas Teachers of Tomorrow, have improved a bad situation.
6: You know, the universities will also tell you that there's not enough students currently in the ed programs, you know, so they're not graduating enough students with, uh, from the College of Education with teacher certificates to fill all the vacancies.
1: But it's still a bad situation. It would be even harder to find teachers without the alternative and for-profit programs. But they haven't solved his shortages.
6: I have to ask myself and I ask my team, what's, you know, what's the difference between talent acquisition and recruiting? You know, recruiting, you're just going to put a warm body in there and, you know, to, to fill the vacancy for, for that moment. But talent acquisition is you're going to invest in the, in the person, you're going to get the top person for the job, you're going to retain them. The student body at Aldean is majority Hispanic
3: and nearly 40% of students are enrolled in bilingual and English language learning programs.
6: Getting certified bilingual teachers uh, is, is the biggest need at the elementary level because there's just not enough candidates out there. And I will say, and my colleagues in other districts, we're constantly talking about that.
1: He says he also needs English language arts teachers, math teachers, and science teachers. And the university programs are not meeting that need. Every year, Texas Teachers of Tomorrow sends him a list of people from their program who could get started at Aldean ISD immediately.
6: So the list that Texas teacher sends us is basically these are, uh, these are people who have passed a content test and who have met our minimum eligible requirements. And then if they interview and they interview well, we can, we can offer them a, a position. Uh, again, I will say, in my opinion, that's more of a – the EPP or Texas teachers is more of recruiting than talent acquisition, And so although we're blessed that there's these programs and the recruitment part they're doing, we have to take it a step further and and dig deeper.
1: What all this means is that the district Villarreal works for, Aldine, is breaking in a lot of new teachers every year, often people with no classroom experience. These people are brand new. They're still in training. And for many of them, it's arguably their worst year teaching. Very few people start out really hot as a teacher. There's all kinds of lesson planning and classroom management and rules and requirements they need to learn to navigate.
3: So when high-poverty schools are forced to dip into this teacher-candidate pool over and over again, they're forced to hire a lot of those new teachers, still working it out. Over time, those teachers might become just as good as anyone else. But they may not stay at schools like Villarreal's even if they don't leave teaching altogether.
1: The more tenure you have as a teacher, the easier it is to choose where you want to go teach. A lot of those experienced teachers don't choose to teach in high-poverty schools. These are schools that also disproportionately serve students of color. And today, students of color in the United States are four times as likely to be assigned uncertified teachers as their white peers.
3: More teachers are coming through these alternative programs, fewer through ed programs at colleges. But Dave Saba at Teachers of Tomorrow says his company is bringing in typically older students who have had life experiences and careers
1: before the classroom. And they're bringing in way more diverse teacher candidates than many of the colleges of education in Texas. Teachers of Tomorrow says more than 40 percent of their enrollees are non-white. It's part of his pitch to states.
5: And then I add in and layer in, look, you, you have a problem with diversity. Ohio right now produces 80 percent white teachers, only 20 percent that are of, of diverse backgrounds. We're bringing 46 percent that identify as non-white to our teachers.
1: Today, more Hispanic and black teacher candidates come through alternative teacher training pathways than traditional colleges of education. But in many areas, they're getting hired into the most high-need schools with already high teacher turnover. Nationally, teachers of color are two to three times more likely than white teachers to end up in those schools. And teachers of color end up quitting at double the rate of white teachers.
3: In the last few decades, the number of Black, Hispanic, and Asian teachers has grown, in large part because of recruitment programs and all these new teacher training pathways. But because of that high quit rate, those teachers still only make up 20 percent of the workforce, while nearly 50 percent of students in the United States are Black, Hispanic or Asian, according to U.S. Census Bureau data.
1: All kids are better served by having diverse teachers. And a lot of research shows that kids of color tend to perform better having even just one teacher of color in their school career. Black students especially are more likely to be referred to gifted and talented programs, to graduate, and to take a college entrance exam when they've had even just a single school year with a Black teacher. When Will and I talked with Charles Martinez, the dean at UT Austin, he told us diversifying enrollment at the university is something they're working on. He says enrollment in just the last year has gone up substantially among Black and Latino students.
2: We also saw 90%, 90%, increase in our um, Latino, uh, Latina students enrolled in the College of Ed, Um, an 86% increase in first generation students who chose to come here. That's just, right, that was just last year from the year before.
3: He says the College of Education has consistently had more Black and Latino students than the university writ large, but it's still not fully reflective of the state's student population.
2: There's things we need to all learn about um, alternative certifications and certainly their diversity is something we need to attend to. When you constrain the pathways to the profession, you run the risk of lowering the diversity. And admissions policies at institutions of higher ed can very much interact and create some of those, you know, those bottlenecks in the pipeline.
1: But like Seba, he doesn't see his university competing with Teachers of Tomorrow for those students or any students.
2: We're not in competition with them. I, I mean, it's not, it's not how I think about what we do.
3: He says the massive growth of the for-profits, which is truly the growth of Texas Teachers of Tomorrow, has proven to be a double-edged sword in the fight to address teacher shortages. Without them...
2: We'd have a worse teacher shortage. We would have much higher um, class sizes. But the, the moment would also be a call to the shortage by elevating the professions, by investing in salaries, by investing in training. When we have a physician shortage, all hands go on deck. It drives prestige, it drives state investments. It has just not happened in education. We devalue what what educators do so profoundly that we're willing to let this other thing happen, which is have the void filled by for-profit Alt-Cert. You know, we can't solve this. Alone, But you bet the state could approach this problem in a very different way by elevating the professions, by investing in salaries, by investing in training and professional development, by creating more investments in higher ed to make it affordable to be a teacher or to maybe pay for all of it. Um, Those are all things we could choose to do. We've not and maybe we've not had to because we have this other way in right now to calm the waters by bodies and classrooms.
1: As long as there is that need for more teachers in classrooms, Texas Teachers has an opportunity to grow. Dave Saba, the chief development officer at Teachers of Tomorrow, says their expansion plans involve looking at states where there's a small but growing number of people choosing alternative certification.
5: We could be in 25 states tomorrow. I could be in 40 with a little bit more work. um, And, and, you know, and then all 50 states at some point in time.
2: This does look like you know, kind of a momentum-building moment.
3: Charles Martinez, the dean at UT Austin, expects programs like Teachers of Tomorrow to keep growing.
2: The for-profits are agile, they know how to market. And then again, the needs on the ground for school leaders to get folks in classrooms, no matter how much they work on getting the highest quality folks, the the pipelines are not full enough and they're gonna have to dip in. So there'll be be demand in all these places.
3: So far, Teachers of Tomorrow is in nine states, including Texas. Martinez says if other states open themselves up to for-profit teacher training companies, they should know their teacher workforce could begin to look like Texas's does.
1: With more than a third of new teachers coming through alternative programs, most of those through this one company. Lots of teachers staying for just a year or a few years, then leaving and creating new vacancies and lots of brand-new teachers struggling through their first years in the classroom. On the next episode of Educate, researchers and economists and policy wonks have been trying to figure out what makes a good teacher for a long time.
3: Well, that's been the study that people have been trying to do forever. We don't have good descriptions of why some teachers are better than others or how they got to that point.
1: This episode of the Educate Podcast is the second in our four-part series on the teacher workforce in America. Let us know what you think, especially if you're a teacher or thinking of becoming one. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle is at Educate Podcast, one word. You can also send an email to contact at apmreports.org.
3: And please leave a review for other listeners. It really helps us get the word out.
1: This episode was reported, produced, and brought to you by a team that includes me, Alex Baumhart, Will Kraft, Chris Julin, Savvy Robinson, and Will Callen. It was edited by Katherine Winter and fact-checked by Betsy Towner-Levine. Final mixing by Craig Thorson. Support for APM Reports comes from Lumina Foundation and the Spencer Foundation. Thanks for listening. This is APM.